one of the big mistakes that people can make during a time like this when war is breaking out over in the Middle East is to line up strictly on one side or the other and just assume that anybody affiliated with the other side is your enemy. That's a terrible mistake to make. You can't say that all Arabs hate Israel. That's simply not true. You can't say that all Jewish people think that uh, Palestinians shouldn't have their own state. That's not true. There are subtleties within every group. And what's important to remember, I think, in our own backyard here in Detroit, where we have such a large Muslim population and Arabic population, is that not every Muslim or Muslim-American supports Hamas. Zanib Khan is on the line with us right now. He's a co-founder of the Muslim-American Leadership Alliance, which I'll explain what, uh, sorry, she will explain in a moment. Uh, Zanib, thank you for coming on. I hope I'm, pro am I pronouncing your name correctly? Let me get it straight. Zainab? Hi, Mitch. Thank Hi. you so much. It's Zainab. Zainab, okay. Forgive me. I too many A's and I's for me. Uh, so, Zainab, you, you wrote in a, in a very moving piece, as a child in Afghanistan, my father watched his female cousin get hacked to death in a so-called honor killing. He came to America so his daughters could grow up without such threats, and he raised us to abhor senseless violence. That informed you when 9-11 came, and you found that maybe understandably, a lot of Americans simply assumed that anyone who was Muslim, including Muslim Americans, even those who came to escape horror like you did, were somehow on the side of Al-Qaeda and the people who attacked us. And that led you to some interesting conclusions and to forming a group. Tell us about what, you know, what that experience, how that shaped you. Oh, thank you so much, Mitch. And yes, my father came from Afghanistan. Um, he immigrated in the late 50s. And so I'm from that generation where, um, you know, having Fourth of July was a bigger holiday than anything. Um, mm -hmm. My dad was so proud to be an American and to have a new blueprint on life. And that's really, after 9-11, I was still a young adult. Um, and I realized that my identity wasn't represented. It was either a victimhood narrative or you're terrorist or you have to justify what your story was to be Muslim and to be American. And I felt like this was just so, this was so boxing in, right? This was just such a monolith that was created by the media for what Muslim American representation was. And so when I launched Mala, I did it with a group of like-minded Muslim Americans. Um, we were in our 30s at that time and you know 30s and 40s and no okay looking back at it um we spent the past 10 years mitch you know may, putting muslim americans more a branded and a mainstream brand right so we archived and collected over 1200 stories of muslim americans we did events ranging from you know grassroots community arts to art gallery exhibitions. We even did programs with the Dearborn Arab Museum. We did programs in Flint, Michigan. We spotlighted Muslim American leadership, first generation, fourth generation, converts, reverts. And I felt like all of this came to a crashing halt when, you know, this atrocity happened on October 7th. 
we have to keep in mind as a Muslim, as Muslim, as Mala, as one of the founders of Mala, one of the cornerstones of our programs, has been partnering with Jewish American organizations. And we did this without caveats on their identity, their identity or their belonging or their sense of belonging with Israel, because right. we have to create and lead by example for what the meaning of tolerance and pluralism really is. And I felt like that was lacking in the Muslim American community, hence the programs that we did that was in our faith. Right. So, so I, want, I, want to, I want to ask you about something you said, it all came crashing down. That was a phrase that you just used. So mm-hmm. on October 7th, a number of things came crashing down. Um, you point out that Muslims and U.S. Muslims, and including several who are in Congress, not only were slow to criticize Hamas, but some of them basically all but made excuses for it. How did that harm the general perception of Muslims across the board uh, because some of the people who were in most high profile did not take a, a very uh, contrary stance against what happened initially. Yeah, and this is something that I've gotten, um, you know, I've gotten heat for and calling it out. Look, when when this happened, I was I was ready to go. Where are the statements from Muslim American organizations that are in in support for our Jewish and our Israeli brothers and sisters? And since the op-ed came out, there actually has been trickling of support. There's been voices that have come out that said, thank you for writing this. Um, you know, it creates a different angle. It allowed us to speak up and step out. But I was very disappointed, uh, Mitch. And, and I, I will be honest, I was thinking a statement would go out from all Muslim American organizations condemning Hamas, commend, uh, condemning Islamist terrorism, um, you know, showing solidarity for our Jewish brothers and sisters, and I didn't see that. Well, when Rashida Tlaib, in particular, was in our backyard, makes the comments mm-hmm. that she did, and even after knowing that the evidence strongly pointed to the fact that Israel did not bomb that hospital, she stood on the steps in, 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 the, in the capital of, uh, in Washington or in the mall in Washington and told the rally that they did. And that, and that Israel is just, you know, basically evil incarnate. What does that do? And do you think that she should be more responsible as a member of Congress as well as a representative of Muslim people? She should be, she should be responsible in many, many, many ways. Um, her response, you know, honestly, Mitch, I think it confirms the stereotypes of a lot of where Islamophobia comes from. She actually banned the fuel. Yeah. She blames. She she adds she adds fuel to the fire, right? Because and people say they say cre- see see when the, they say see when there's an incident like this. Look where she lines up, and then they don't just stop with her. They say that you must be the same too, even though you've spent right. your 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 career and life building an organization that builds bridges between people and doesn't separate them. But high profile people set examples for the people they represent. Here's another thing, Mitch. Yes, you're absolutely right. And here's the other thing. The Palestinian cause is very different from the Muslim American identity. You know, we're conflating the two. And by having leadership like that, it conflates the two. You know, you're 100% right, and I'm glad you pointed that out. Ilhan Omar and, and Rashida Tlaib are Muslim American members of Congress. And that 
is something that's needed in America. We should have Muslim American representatives on Congress. All all groups should be represented in, in our Congress. It shouldn't it shouldn't be uh, uh, overwhelmingly or even even totally one religion, one group, one race, one anything. But when then mm-hmm. that instead of representing Muslim American interests, which you point out in your piece. Zionism has no effect on most Muslims in the world. I mean, Muslims are a massive, massive population all over the world. Uh, Second or pretty close to the biggest religion in the world, if I got my statistics right. And most of them have nothing to do with Palestinians or Palestine. And yet you would think that this was the rallying cry for every Muslim in the world. Right. I would love to see that, you know, what they're doing is they, they cause Muslim Americans more harm. They hold the Muslim American identity hostage with their agenda. And this is wrong. And we can step out and speak out against it. And this is something that, you know, they don't represent Muslim Americans. Like they don't represent the stories and the individuals and the incredible people that we've spotlighted. This is not this is not they're they're not a reflection of it. Have you uh, have you they, as a, they, they as... pull you into the vortex right. of their narrative of hate and then of, you can't get out of yeah. violence. Well, that I wanted to ask you: Have you, on the flip side, as someone who is trying to preach reasonableness and like calling out evil, like, hey, I may be a Muslim, but what Hamas did is murder and and plain out cold blooded murder. I can't support that. And of course, if the Muslim religion practiced truly, wouldn't call for it. But do you have you taken a lot of heat for even trying to have that somewhat middle ground position from people in your own community? I have. I have. I've had since that article came out, I've had about, I would say, 100 to 150 phone calls individually from people where I'm just listening. Right, Mitch? I'm I'm a clinical psychologist by training and I I'm just listening, I'm pausing, I'm considering, and I really, really keep coming back into thinking, A, this knee-jerk reaction, this ad hominem type of attack against being, being um, standing up against, against um, you know, anti-Semitism, does it really have to be this wrong? Does it really have to be where now if you speak up and stand out, speak out against it, it you get you get lashback for it? Right. Is this where we've come And that's to what those 100, 150 calls were mostly angry people saying uh, the equivalent of how I wouldn't say they were all you? angry. No, these were just individuals that reached out. They're concerned. What can I do to help? Can you clarify mm-hmm. a little bit more? And I took the time to do that. I wow, well, I'm glad to hear that. To that. I, I would have thought you would have been inundated with a lot of hate mail and comments and things like you're turning well, your back on your people. <laughs> <laughs> you got that too. Okay. We just won't talk about that. You got that, that too. <laughs> well, Zainab, I, I salute you for, for your reasonableness. I love speaking to people like yourself who can keep a calm head in, in the middle of all this. And I salute the work that, that you do with Mala there and encourage people to find out more about it. You try to build bridges. And in the end, we're either going to build a bridge or we're going to blow them all up. And you blow them all up, you know what that means. So, uh, again, the Muslim American Leadership Alliance is the group, and Zainab Khan has been our guest. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Mitch. It's 760 WJR.